This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So my emergency alert did happen yesterday on my cell phone at 2.18 p.m. The first one came through. Now, I know all the tests we thought were supposed to be at 220, but they did say approximately 220. We all just assumed that it would be right on 220. Wrong. Uh, we had it at 218. And I got, uh, you know, one of two. The first uh, one that came through was in, in Spanish. And then the second one was in English and uh, telling me that no action is required by the public. I thought, okay, well, we're good to go. Well, then at uh, 2.22, I got another alert in Spanish, but I did not get another alert in English, so I'm not really sure what that means. But they did come through, and uh, man, do I feel better about it. I feel safer for myself, my family, and you listening to Chewing the Fat. Now, I was looking at what this is supposed to be, right? It's a system that's supposed to warn us about dangerous weather, missing children, and other critical situations. The wireless emergency alert system has been used more than 84,000 times since 2012. Now, I'm not real sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't recall 84,000 times uh, the wireless emergency alert, unless they're talking about Amber Alerts. But I guess, you know, I feel safer. But the thing that I found uh, kind of strange is that they had put a disclaimer in for the alert yesterday that said uh, you should receive it only once. Well, I received the Spanish version twice. And it said, yeah, if uh, the test is postponed due to significant events like widespread severe weather, the backup test date will be October 11th. But I thought that we were supposed to get the alerts if there was severe weather, which would be an actual emergency. So if there's severe weather and uh, they can't get the emergency alert out, we're screwed. So what are we even doing? What are we even doing? Welcome. Yeah, so the next time that they tell you that uh, the EVs can't have AM radio in them because there's some sort of disruption in the case, we need to have AM radios in vehicles because apparently that's the only way we're going to be able to be alerted if there's severe weather because if there's severe weather a widespread severe weather issue we won't be able to get it on our wireless uh communication but again uh you know what are we even doing welcome welcome to chewing the fat <laughs> Well, here's something to look forward to. Charmin has announced a new design in its toilet paper for the first time in 100 years. Amazing, I know. So they announced that the ultra-soft rolls of toilet paper will now have a new 
perforation line. Oh, that's so special. The easy tear paper will be scalloped edges in an effort to give consumers a simpler and smoother tear. Oh, that's so special. The company's new smooth tear creation has been in the works for more than five years. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we are, we're excited at Charmin, says the vice president. We're reinventing the square. We're very excited to uh, launch the Charmin Ultra Soft Smooth Tear because uh, this is an innovation that the toilet paper category hasn't seen before. I mean, right? Right? Senior scientist at Procter & Gamble, Greg Weaver, and that has got to be a good gig, said in a media statement that users' top complaint for years have been an, has been an inability to get even tears in the paper. Wow. Now, I will say, uh, I don't recall having an issue uh, getting even tears in the paper. But even if I did have an issue of getting even tears in the paper, uh, I wouldn't think to myself, I'm calling Procter & Gamble right now. I'm going I'm going to go to Charmin's website and complain. It's Charmin's fault. It isn't my fault. There's no personal responsibility. Anyway, uh, congratulations to Charmin uh, for coming up with such a such a innovative idea for their new toilet paper with the smooth tear. Uh, no one wants an uneven tear. Uh, no one wants that. And uh, so we want a clean tear every single time. It's been 100 years. It's been 100 years. Their scientist has been working on this for five years. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we're spending way too much money on toilet paper, but okay, congratulations. Good for Charmin. Congratulations. Uh, you guys are uh, hitting it out of the ballpark. I will say that the one thing uh, that uh, the picture shown uh, by uh, Charmin, trusted softness, better tear, is uh, has the role, you know, coming over the top, which is the correct way that the roll of toilet paper should be on the toilet paper roll. Anyone who puts the toilet paper to come uh, underneath is wrong. And that's just silly. So maybe there's something uh, Charmin could develop. Maybe that's what they're working on. Uh, maybe the scientists are working on a way that if you were to put the roll of toilet paper on the roll and it was coming from the bottom and not the top, it wouldn't roll. And so you'd have to change it just to get the roll of toilet paper. I kind of like that idea. I hope they're working on that. So if you're listening to this show in Switzerland, South Korea, Mexico, Netherlands, Japan, Germany, Australia, United Kingdom, can't, if you're listening in the United Kingdom, we have to talk about uh, Naked Attraction, the show that just hit uh, HBO Max uh, from your country. We'll talk about that momentarily. Canada or the United States, uh, and you are a Donald Trump MAGA supporter, uh, you may have made the list, okay? Uh, the federal government believes that the threat of violence and major civil disturbances around 2024 U.S. presidential election, so many of you in other countries don't have to worry about this, I guess, unless you're an American citizen and plan on voting in the next election, is so great that uh, they've created a new category of extremists. And I don't know that it's new, uh, but they claim that it's new. Uh, Donald Trump's 
army of MAGA followers. <laughs> and I don't know what they consider army of MAGA followers. So, I mean, I don't wear a MAGA hat, but I don't mind uh, what Donald Trump did as president of the United States. So if that puts me on their list, I'm sure I'm on it. Uh, and of course they say, well, you know, uh, the primary federal agency charged with law enforcement uh, is to pursue, pursue and prevent what calls domestic terrorism. Uh-huh. Okay. Even though the vast majority of its current anti-government investigations are of Trump supporters. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we're in an impossible situation. Uh, if uh, we we actually, uh, if we say, hey, we're intent on stopping domestic terrorism and any repeat of January 6th, but we've got to preserve the constitutional right of all Americans. Yeah, is that what you're concerned about? Is preserving the constitutional right of all Americans? <laughs> okay, all right. If that's what you say, uh, you got it. You got it. So they're focusing on former President Trump and his MAGA supporters and they they will we're going to run the risk of provoking the very anti-government activists that the terrorism agencies hope to counter yeah and so is all so are all your activist judges and uh you know you just keep you wonder why people still are backing donald trump when he goes before the courts it's because of that so just know you may may be on the list (laughs) and i'm sure they're checking it twice no problem and many of the countries that are listening to this show outside of the united states may be used to their government making lists and uh, so you know i hope that you stay safe for sure all right let's uh let's move back to uh the united kingdom for a moment uh the game show naked attraction so they're up on uh, max hbo max and it's uh six people plus the contestant who is choosing a date and the host, obviously, Anna Richardson. And she interviews uh, the contestant looking to get the date. Well, I guess they're all looking to get the date. But uh, there's one contestant who's going to choose from the six other people. And uh, I've watched a couple of them. And there was uh, a man looking to choose a woman from the six and a woman looking to choose a man from the six. And they put them in these bank tubes. And uh, they bring up the glass so you see uh, more and more of their naked body as the as the time progresses and you uh you know you you comment on each particular person's body part uh body parts and uh, what you like what you don't like and then you choose and by the time you get to the top everybody is completely naked and then what happens is when they get down to the final two i think it is then the contestant who was is busy talking with the host that person goes and gets naked so then that person comes out and is completely naked and then uh, so everybody's naked except for anna richardson the uh, host and uh, so then you choose uh, who you're gonna who you're gonna choose to be your date uh it's fascinating because uh, i don't know that that it's so strange i don't know that americans would do it but i'm sure in today's world they probably would um it's uh i loved a couple of the comments that i saw about the show with the hashtag naked attraction uh wow that's a lot of man part for eight minutes 
<laughs> and another hashtag naked attraction what the f is this i can't turn it off though yeah no kidding that's fascinating and then and when they after they you know and they'll tell you that they you know introduce the people and then as they get uh axed then they come over and they meet the person and say, this is Joni and she is a baker from this part of the United Kingdom and you didn't pick her. So give her a little kiss on the cheek and have a nice day. Get out of here. And then in the end, after you choose the person, then they show them going out on a date and, you know, with their clothes on. And then we, uh, you know, on and on we go. So uh, it's it's fascinating. It's just that uh, I don't think that that's I don't think it's going to happen in America, but it is happening in America because it's on Max, right? And so we're able to view it. I don't know that uh, America could do it. There's probably plenty of people that would like the gig as the host of uh, Naked Attraction. Uh, they probably would call it something else in America, although I don't know what that would be. Uh, Naked, looking for a date. <laughs> Naked as a jaybird. Tonight is eight. I don't know. I don't know what they would what they would call it in, here in America, but it would be fun. So, if you're opposed to seeing uh, naked bodies and having reviews of those naked bodies from all people considered, uh, don't watch it. Uh, don't watch the show on uh, HBO Max uh, because that's that's what it's all about. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. All right, let me talk to you a little bit about QPGoatSoap.com. QPGoatSoap.com. That's where they make real soap. Old school, hand poured, made from scratch. Old school means the soap cleans while moisturizing in a way that most commercial bars simply don't. By design, uh, handmade is the difference between homemade and store-bought uh, for any products. Uh, you know the difference uh, between bread. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the difference between shampoos as well. Raw goat milk makes uh, Quinn's soap. Special, creamy, soft, rich, sudsy lather, all with the essential proteins and nutrients and are they're preserved in the goat milk soap and delivered in a finished bar of real soap. And you should uh, you should try the shampoo bars. Uh, you're going to never uh, go back to the bottles of shampoo once you try that. I mean, we all know the store-bought stuff, you know, fine, it cleans you, but it dries your skin out as well. And that's where they get you because then they want you to buy their other lotions that are supposed to keep your skin soft and luxurious. But you can do that with Quinn Pittman's uh, goat soap. Hello, that's what Quinn discovered when he first started learning about soap, and he's been making it the right way ever since. If you want your skin to be clean, but also to retain its moisture, then you need goat soap, and you'll want Quinn's goat soap. Quinn and his family, very proud of their product, and they should be, and they want you to know about it. And good for Quinn. I mean, he's been such a young entrepreneur. He's doing something uh, most kids his age uh, probably even don't do or wouldn't think to do he started his own business uh, i've used the soap i love it and you should definitely check them out qpgoatsoap.com use the promo code jeffy and you're going to get 10 percent off your total order 
You're welcome. I know. QPGoatSoap.com. Use the code Jeffy for get 10% off your total order. QPGoatSoap.com. Well, I didn't win the jackpot last night, so I feel okay about it because no one won. Uh, that's the Powerball jackpot. So the Powerball rolls over, the jackpot rolls over to $1.40 billion. The drawing will be Saturday night, $643.7 million cash payout. I have not checked my tickets yet. That uh, does say that uh, a, someone from Texas won $2 million and someone, two people from Texas won $1 million. So I could have won, you know, either two million or one million from the drawing, but I did no one won the jackpot. And then, of course, you have the Mega Millions drawing tomorrow night, which is worth three hundred and fifty million dollars. It's easy to spit at it when you're looking at one point four zero billion dollars for the Powerball, but it'd still be pretty sweet at uh, one hundred and fifty-five point nine million dollars. For a cash payout on the Mega Million. So good luck. And uh, I would, you know, look. Yes, I would prefer to win the Powerball jackpot. And take the $643.7 million cash payout. You walk away with what? $400 million? Uh, maybe. Uh, after taxes. And so, you know, that's pretty sweet. Maybe $350 million. They'd probably take a couple hundred million. I don't know what it would be. It'd be a nightmare. You'd be pissed. But you'd still walk away with three, four hundred million. Uh, you know, same with the, the Mega Millions, right? You want to spit at one hundred fifty-five point nine million dollars because after taxes, you're taking home what? Maybe seventy million, maybe. Uh, hopefully, a little bit more. But still, that that hurts when you're looking at uh, when you're looking at that. However, it's still you know that's the sad thing, right? You're pissed because they're taking all that money out. But then on the other hand, you're going well. I still have seventy million. And uh, what I could do with $70 million. I mean, I know yesterday we talked about Forbes' you know, richest list. And Elon was number one at $251 billion. And we're talking about you know, winning the Powerball for you know, $1 billion, maybe. Uh, I see where Apple CEO Tim Cook, uh, he, the story that he turned in, he sold some of his stock. And he is $41.5 million richer, so after taxes. So he's got, you know, $41.5 million in his back pocket right now. Now, then it talks about, well, wow, that sounds pretty impressive, but he made $355 million selling Apple stock in 2021, and he still holds another $565 million worth of stock in his front pocket. But he's got the cash uh, in his back pocket. Pretty sweet. So good for Tim. I hope everything works out for good old Tim Cook. Hey, uh, good uh, more good news actually. If we're talking about Tim's, uh, you know, cashing in a little bit of stock, uh, more good news and sad news and news that you think to yourself, you got to be kidding me, right? Uh, Drew Barrymore show is coming back. Yay! Remember, she said she was going to come back before the strike was over, and they were all pissed. And they said, no, we're not coming back. And then Drew had a change of heart and said, okay, fine, I'll wait till the strike is over. Well, now her show's coming back. And coming back, I guess, uh, middle of the month, October 16th. Uh, if you're listening live, today is the 5th of October, 2023. 
uh, on Chewing the Fat. And uh, so the show's coming back October 16th. But according to this, three WGA writers, Chelsea Wright, Christina Kennan, and Liz Coe, have turned down an offer to return with it. Oh, no. Oh, no. So the trio of the writers are not coming back. Uh, they actually uh, were on the picket line in front of Drew Barrymore's house in New York <laughs> during the strike. Or, I'm sorry, her Manhattan studio. Okay, Drew's studio. Uh, with signs that read, Honk if you love union labor. Or Drew's news strikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all for everybody getting what they want. Fine, you get what you want. Now, I've seen quite a bit of Drew Barrymore's show. And I don't mind Drew. She's kind of a nightmare. I thought she'd be better than she was. In the beginning, I honestly thought she'd be better than she was. But I like Drew. However, let me say this. That if I what I've seen of that show, uh, with writers, come on now, Drew. Holy cow. If that's the best you can do, with those three writers, oof, maybe you do need uh, need some new writers. Let them move on. Don't even worry about it. I know that I guess they have to be, uh, it's part of their union deal to have these writers on the show. So they are busy, you know, looking to replace these three to stay in compliance uh, but uh, don't worry about it, Drew, because if what you were doing was uh, any kind of evidence uh, from these three writers, you didn't need them. And, of course, the writers will say that that's Drew's fault. I got it. I understand completely. Just uh, it's strange to me that uh, you're writing for the Drew Barrymore show. And I guess they've won some awards too, but it's just I need some writers is what needs, what needs to happen. Uh, you know what? I need some writers. <laughs> uh, just think just think how much no I don't want to think about it never mind this episode is brought to you by Snapple Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. If you have any information that you'd like to share with the show, you can always do so by emailing the show, chewingthefat at theblazed.com. Uh, you know, stories or information. I see them all. I may not uh, comment uh, or reply to them all, but I do see them. Thank you very much. Chewingthefat at theblaze.com. You can always follow me on my social media accounts, x at jeffyjfr. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And you can always order a Cameo from me. Uh, that's not free, but uh, you can go to Cameo at JeffyJFR and order a Cameo. Whether it's happy, glad, sad, mad, mean, you want to break up with someone, how, whatever you need to do, uh, you can order that through Cameo. Cameo's my pimp, and then, uh, you know, once I get the order from my pimp, I do what I'm supposed to do, and... We all walk away a happy little camper. <laughs> hey, did you see where Dish Network 
was fined $150,000, which uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, I don't have it, uh, by the FCC for failure to properly deorbit one of its satellites. It's the first ever fine levied for space junk. That's pretty incredible. Uh, we're starting to find these companies for space junk. Now they need to make these companies get together and create a, uh, well, something needs to happen where we're getting space trash and picking up that space junk. Well, I've talked about that forever, and we need to make that happen. We've got way too much space junk flying around up there. So that needs to be addressed. And just finding these companies, I guess, is a start. Uh, it's one way to make them address uh, their space debris that they're leaving up there. But it's not going to work with what's already up there. We've got to address that problem because that's going to become more of, a, more of an issue. And it is becoming more and more of an issue. And that's something perhaps the richest guy on the planet, Elon Musk, should be working on. But do I want Elon to have the space junk business cornered too? <laughs> How much is he worth? Well, uh, you know, he's worth four or five hundred billion. That's all. He really picked up a bunch when he started Elon's space junk pickup business. But that's it, though. <laughs> so somebody needs to do it. And I guess it's going to have to be me. But that's an awful lot of work. Hey, speaking of space junk, did you? how much would you pay for a tool that was used on the moon okay this was a it was a shovel or i guess a scoop that they used on the moon it collected samples of rock from the moon in 1972 and it can finally be yours i uh, guess right now the moon scoop from apollo 16 the highest bid is sixty thousand dollars they're looking for a lot more than that so the scoop was used by NASA Lunar Module pilot Charles Duke and Commander John Young during their 11-day trip to the moon. Uh, the men used the scoop to collect over 200 pounds of rock sample, which was successfully brought back to Earth. Our, our auction said the auction listing that the scoop was used by Duke to support himself while he was collecting lunar samples on the moon. Duke spoke to the auction house and said that he used the scoop, the scoop to his advantage. I had to pick up a rock, probably the size of a watermelon. I couldn't pick it up with one hand. So I put the shovel down, leaned toward it, and rolled this rock up my side and was able to roll it up and cradle it like a little baby. So he also mentioned the scoop was used to collect the rare sample called Shadow Rock. And uh, so it's one of the most important items ever returned from the lunar surface. So the shovel not only spent time uh, on the lunar surface, it also spent time three feet inside the lunar surface, which makes it an exceptional collectible item. It, uh, it grabs up to 13.75 by 4.5 by 2. It has two large spring-loaded buttons that enable the scoop's head to rotate. It's one-of-a-kind auction item. And <laughs> uh, it's also photographed many times uh, on the moon. It's been in Duke's possession since it returned to Earth in 1972. <laughs> okay, so he just took it home. Yeah, I'll take the scoop with me, no problem. So the auction officially closes the 19th of this month, the 19th of October, 
2023. I told you the highest bidder already is just 60000 and they're, they're expecting at least $750,000 for the scoop. So if you're willing to, you know, pay more than 60000 as of today, it could be yours, but doesn't close until the, uh, what did I say, the 18th of this month. So uh, good luck. And uh, if you want the space scoop, I love that he just took it home. Uh, yeah, I had it uh, since 72. I just took the scoop home and uh, I had it with me. What are you going to do? Uh, I just I threw it in the trunk when I landed and I brought it home. So the auction officially closes on October 19th. So good luck if you really want the space scoop. May as well stay in space. I see uh, that uh, Prada is now designing NASA spacesuits. I wonder if uh, the old uh, space scoop astronaut Charles Duke and John Young would have liked to have a Prada spacesuit. So the Italian luxury brand has teamed up with commercial space company Axiom Space to design the spacesuits for NASA's Artemis III mission uh, to the moon in 2025. So they're partnering with Axiom to design the spacesuits for the Artemis III mission, which will be the first crewed lunar landing since 1972, which was those guys. Uh, yeah, so this is new. I bet you they would have liked the Prada suits. Uh, this is also the first time a woman has landed on the moon. And so Christina Hammock Coke, uh, K-O-C-H, is part of the crew. So Prado's engineers will work with Axiom Space Systems team throughout the design process, including developing materials and design features that are fit for a mission in space and in the lunar environment. So, yay! How cool is that? They are so jealous of Elon and SpaceX with their new spacesuits. Now, They've, uh, they've, NASA is partnering with Prada and Axiom Space to design new spacesuits so that we can be more hip. And, uh, you know, our 72 guys came back with a moon scoop and threw it in his trunk and took it home. I wonder what these guys, will they be able to just throw the old Prada suit in the trunk and take it home? So, you know, 50 years from now, they could go, oh, I've had this since uh, 2023. This was the original Prada suit. I'm going to put it up for auction now. You can bet that's going to happen. And it's not space, but it is Uber. That's a new, that should be their new ad campaign. (laughs) It's not space, but it is Uber. They have announced that they are going to start uh, dropping off your packages, if you wish, at uh, the United States Postal Service, at UPS, and FedEx for a flat fee of five dollars in dozens of cities okay so you're gonna have to order something so it's return package shipping through ups fedex or usps on its uber and uber eats apps customers can send up to five packages at a time for a five dollar flat fee or three dollars for uber one members it sounds like you're gonna have to order something and then once they're at your place they will take the package The feature is in addition to the existing Uber Connect program, a same-day delivery option for customers to send packages to and from local destinations. Okay. So they're offering this return package shipping through its Uber and Uber Eats apps. Um, 
the return package feature, which allows customers to send up to five packages. Yeah, I said that. Uh, it's in dozens of cities. Uber Connect program. Packages are shipped through Uber Connect. Must be prepaid, sealed, and ready to be shipped. Packages must weigh less than 30 pounds and be under $100 in value. Uh, Uber's shipping guidelines, which we have to follow, prohibit the delivery of some items. Money, gift cards, fragile items. Okay. Uh, customers will be able to track and follow their packages with live tracking on the Uber app. Uh, tipping options are available for package deliveries, just so you know. So maybe you don't have to order anything. Maybe it's uh, you're just using, they have the inside the Uber and Uber Eats apps, they have the package shipping app. I'm going to have to check that out. That doesn't seem like a bad idea. That I feel like I'm saying that and then something is going to go wrong. And I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like that. I don't know that that's a good idea, but whatever. I mean, if you have a lot of packages from your business that you need to go to the post office, it may be cheaper to have Uber come and pick them up at for five bucks than for you to drive uh, your car there for four dollars a gallon for gas to the postal service. I don't know. We'll see. I, I just I feel I feel and this I'm not. It's <laughs> I know it's not space. It's Uber, but. I feel like there's something that I'm missing with this. And so uh, if you use the, if you use it, let me know. Uh, let me know what, uh, what I'm missing because I really do feel like there's something I'm missing. But like I said, it's not space. It's Uber. All right, we've got some lawsuits to talk about. Uh, Wendy's and McDonald's have emerged victorious, ta-da, from a lawsuit that accused the fast food chains of false advertising. A federal judge dismissed a lawsuit brought against the two companies, accusing them of selling smaller hamburgers than advertised and alleging the food didn't look as appetizing in person as pictured on their websites. The plaintiff's complaint in 2022 lawsuit accused Wendy's and McDonald's of using undercooked patties in ads because fully cooked burgers tend to shrink and look less appetizing and that the company's ads harm customers because they are receiving food that is much lower in value than what is being promised. <sighs> U.S. District Judge Hector Gonzalez ruled that Wendy's and McDonald's food images are no different than other companies' use of visually appealing images to foster positive associations with their product. Duh! He also said the disclaimers listed on the chain's websites were prominent and gave objective information about the weight and caloric content of those meals. So we'll see what happens. I know there's other lawsuits with Burger King and Arby's and Taco Bell. And uh, there's, I, I think actually there's like one guy that's going around suing all these companies. I, and I could be wrong. I just, every time I read this, it ends up being like one guy that uh, is uh, filing these lawsuits against these, com against these companies. So we'll see if uh it's actually food litigation is the fastest growing area of law or if it's just one guy that is filing all these lawsuits which in turn makes it seem like this food litigation is uh being uh, growing but you know as for now uh and this is you know i'm sure you're happy wendy's and uh, mcdonald's pretty sure they'll be fine uh another lawsuit uh another 
Harvey Weinstein lawsuit. Where you been? What are we even doing here? Uh, Disney, CAA, and Miramax are being sued by Julia Ormond over an alleged sexual assault by Harvey Weinstein in 1995. The Legends of the Fall actress does not name her then-agents, uh, Brian Lord or Kevin Huvane, or former Disney executives Katzenberger or Eisner in the filing made Wednesday in New York Supreme Court. The suit does reference the quartet numerous times. The alleged assault occurred nearly 30 years ago after a business dinner in New York City. Armand was able to pursue the legal action because of the state's Adult Survivors Act. I thought that ended. When did I get uh, there? I go thinking again because it's still up and she's still using it. Uh, she claimed that Harvey forced himself upon her for oral sex. Uh, knew that, uh, let's see, CAA and Disney, uh, owned Weinstein's Miramax, knew that the producer's predatory behavior and did nothing to protect her. She claims in the suit that her big name agents and CAA dissuaded her from taking legal action at the time against Weinstein to inv- avoid incurring his wrath. Okay. So we'll see. That's going to be tough to prove. Because they will all say, no, <laughs> uh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But if she has text messages or has some documentation, uh, it could be, you know, it could be, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, Harvey's already in jail. He's not going to get out of jail. After living for decades with the painful memories of my experiences at the hands of Harvey Weinstein, I'm humbled and grateful to all those who have risked speaking out. Uh, Walking Dead World Beyond alum Ormond. Yeah, that's where I was looking at her picture going, oh yeah, that's her. Duh. Uh, she said in a statement, uh, their courage and the Adult Survivors Act has provided me a window of opportunity and a way to shed light on how powerful people and institutions like my talent agents at CAA, Miramax, and Disney enabled and provided cover for Weinstein to assault me and countless others. I seek a level of personal closure by holding them accountable to acknowledge their part and the depth of its harms and hope that all of our increased understanding will lead to further protections for all of us at work. Amen. Amen. So good luck to Julie Ormond. And one case that can, I don't know, we'll see if it's true or not. It just says that the family of the Obama's chef, Tafari Campbell, you remember him? He drowned uh, just off of the Obama property. Uh, it's reported as going to file a massive wrongful death lawsuit in D.C. federal court seeking millions in damages. Uh, that means that there'll be discovery, and with discovery comes the 911 call that was covered up, the tell-all book that he was presumably writing, uh, and every detail of this case, and you know the misdeeds of the Obama family. Uh, we'll see. And they talked about how the computer that was uh, picked up from the house was completely wiped dry. Uh, you know, I so wiped dry, wiped clean. Uh, you know, there was no nothing on it because everybody has a laptop with nothing on it. <laughs> right? Right. Everyone does. And maybe that's the deal. Maybe, you know, you're look, he's the former president of the United States. And I, I know, I know. But he's a former president of the United States, so if you're working for him, fine. But when you stop working for him, all that stuff that's on your computer, that's got to go away, right? I mean, that's proprietary information. Anyway, I just, I will see what happens with that. I mean, that would be, 
this would be nice if this were actually true. Um, I, you know, we, it's fun to, it's fun to think about stuff like he was writing a tell all book and this is another example of the Clintons and Obamas and just destroying people's lives and actually killing them when they're tired of something that's going on. You know, is it, is, is it true? I don't know. I doubt it, but it's fun to think about from time to time. Like we heard that uh, Fetterman is supposed to resign now as senator at the end of the year, is he? And then they're talking about if he resigns, then they give his wife the Senate seat, which, I mean, you can make the case that she's the senator now anyway. Uh, you could make that case. But she's like from Brazil or something. She's not even, an, you know, she's, I think she's an American citizen now, but I don't think she was born here in the United States she was yeah because for a while I thought she overstayed her visa here in this country and then she married uh, Fetterman which gave her citizenship it was a weird thing so we'll see uh, we'll see if that's actually true or not I, I again those two stories I find very difficult to believe but you know maybe maybe it's true Maybe we'll look back and go, man, that lawsuit from the chef and Fetterman resigning, giving the Senate seat to his wife. Uh, those were something. Those were some days, weren't they? <laughs> uh, those were good times, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they were good times. All right. and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.